Hello and welcome to The Nature Pod, a weekly conversation and invitation to join me and my guests as we navigate pathways to nature, as prescribed in forest bathing and the practice of Shinrin-yoku. Let's awaken our senses to all that is around us as my fellow walkers in life, friends, experts in the field of health, wellness and ecotherapy share their stories of nature connection and their insights into personal development. I'm Suzanne Radford, forest therapy practitioner, communication coach and radio presenter, lover of the great outdoors, guiding people through nature to a place of calm, clarity and contentment. I have found some of the best conversations, ideas and inspiration happen when walking and spending time in nature. So let's connect and see where it takes us. My guest today is Lisa Steele Maley, author of the book Without a Map, A Caregiver's Journey Through the Wilderness of Heart and Mind and with a second book soon to be released called Arriving Here, Reflections from the Hearth and Trail. Lisa lives in Maine in the United States with her husband and two teenage boys. She's an interfaith chaplain, consultant to NGOs, and a board member at Renewal in the Wilderness. She has her blog, Lisa Still Mainly, Fostering Connections, and so it's with great pleasure that I make the connection with her today. Lisa, welcome to The Nature Pod. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. I'm glad to be here. Tell me where you are at the moment. I am uh, on the coast of Maine at a high point between two rivers. Uh, We live at the edge of a field, um, which is bordered by forest. This is the ancestral home to the Wabanaki people and black bear and eastern gray wolf and currently home to turkeys and deer and our free-roaming chickens and free-roaming family members. Super. So is it a farmhouse that you are living in? Yes, this is um, an old farmhouse. It was, to our understanding, one of the oldest houses in this county and um, has seen primarily before we moved here was passed down from generation to generation in one family. So our property deed um, reads uh, like a very interesting sort of assignment of property boundaries along stone walls and large maple trees at the corner of the confluence of two creeks and then sections that were parceled off to neighbors and friends over years. So it's an interesting old space. We're in October, so I'm wondering what your environment around you is like. So what are you liking or loving in nature at the moment? Uh, The colours are the first and most obvious thing. They seem to change day by day. In the Northeast, we have, you know, the changing colours of the maple trees and birch trees and cottonwoods in particular. Uh, But there are also a number of low understory plants which have attracted my attention this year the different shades of brown and yellow in the grasses and the blueberries and cranberries that are sort of low to the ground and then uh, fall flowers actually goldenrod and aster purple asters that seem to um really be attracting my attention this year and I think it's just an awareness of how much change is happening and that for some of the species this is their peak season whereas I'm accustomed to paying attention to my vegetable garden and to the flowers uh, that I pay more attention to cultivating in the spring and summer 
and they're all sort of waning and dying back. And there's also this other group of things that's really coming into flourishing right now, which is really fun to see. The other thing that's really flourishing right now is the bird species. There feels like we're in this transitional moment. A lot of the summer visitors are leaving, but the winter residents are arriving. So there's sort of a new song in the air as everybody finds new territory um, and gets settled in for the winter. I was reading your blog and you describe yourself as a wilderness traveler. What does that mean to you? At one point in time, it meant um, heading out away from peopled territory um, into spaces where the land was less imposed upon by humans. And I think that that is still my sense of the wilderness, but I have also come to recognize the wilderness as being that which can be explored and which encourages me to to new ways of observation and new ways of being in connection with the land, um, but that is also maybe not my permanent home space. The wilderness is a place to go to and return from a place of transition and learning and growth. Coming from the UK, it's a very beautiful place, but it's a a small island and we have beautiful countryside and landscape, but but it is small. We grew up watching the films of America with the great expanse of space. And I've been to America a couple of times and I did do a, a a hiking trip in California a few years ago. And I was just blown away at the size. And we know it's big, but I hadn't quite anticipated how big. I, I wonder for you, reading your blog, that you're very poetic and the way you describe your connection to nature and, and the earth and the land. Where does that come from? Closest thing I can come to is when I was a teenager, I had the opportunity to travel to uh, the Western U.S., primarily Washington and Oregon, and um, spend six weeks with a group of young people backpacking and rafting on rivers and climbing mountains. And that was really my, my first deep immersion in the natural world, I would say. And I really fell in love. I felt in a close connection with the space. I felt a sense of belonging that I really didn't feel in human contexts in school or really even in family. Um, So I think that that was perhaps a beginning. And as I look a little bit further backwards from there, I recognize my growing up in a small town and, you know, walking a quarter mile to school through the backyard of the library and the uh, historical society building, that those kinds of that pacing of the rural environment has always been part of my um, constitution, my makeup. And uh, learning to travel and live in the wilderness helped me to really settle into that. And that's part of why as I've moved to a rural area where I wouldn't call this wilderness at all, but I can retain and tap into teachings and pacing from 
um, my wilderness travel, I can continue to carry that mindset and really uh, heart attention in the same way in this new space. Tell me, Lisa, about your first book. Uh, The first book uh, was Without a Map, A Caregiver's Journey uh, Through the Wilderness of Heart and Mind. And it is the telling of my experience supporting my father as he declined and ultimately died with dementia. As I was beginning to write the stories of my experience being with him in support of him for several years, um, after he died, I sat down and started writing and recognized some common threads in many of the stories that I needed to work through by writing them had um, brought me back in memory to experiences that I had had living and working outdoors. For example, being dropped off for work to do some field work at a cabin and feeling really unsafe and really unsure of what was behind the deep, dense forest behind the cabin and knowing that we were in um, very densely populated brown bear habitat at the height of the salmon runs and that not being a really good place to be, you know, sitting in the kitchen when it was, it's not our space, it's the bear's space. And feeling like that felt really similar sometimes to being in support of my dad whose experience felt really dense and really dark sometimes. And I could not, I could walk alongside him, but I could not uh, really feel or understand what he was going through and he couldn't communicate it to me. So there was those parallels of unknowing. And then also these beautiful similar parallels of um, the discoveries, you know, say that you might find when you turn a switch back in the mountains and suddenly you have a whole new view expanding in front of you, or you feel the breeze coming from a different angle as you come out of a cluster of trees. That those same kinds of moments of grace and newness and awareness would come in just unexpected moments with my dad where suddenly he would startle out of silence with just a brilliant gift of words or a look of recognition. So the book really weaves together my memories of being in the wilderness and my experience of being uh, with my dad and navigating that really uncertain territory of dementia with him. A lot of the work we do in nature therapy and forest therapy is around anxiety or grief or for people feeling lonely or a sense of isolation. And people can find great comfort in nature, using nature as a support. And what I think really resonated for me and your blog and the way you speak about your experiences is we have a a pathways to nature which explore the senses and compassion and beauty and emotion and meaning and all of that you encompass in this real life experience and how you made those connections parallels to nature sort of how you practice that in your everyday life using nature as a support i think that since um 
that experience and since really um, intellectually identifying what was happening and what was happening as I was writing the book, uh, having that cognitive framework that the natural environment what did provide a mirror for me that my experiences engaging with the world around me has helped me to ground into the rhythms of the natural world even more deeply now. So as I've moved out of that experience, I have really anchored into the rhythms of the natural world to help me recognize and embrace my own rhythms of excitement and anxiousness and fear and loss and grief and anticipation and joy and hopefulness and it's all right here and it comes and goes in waves and I can see where I am reflect often reflected in the world around me. I'll give an example from uh, this spring. Um, my normal rhythm is to wake up very early and greet the day by um, I'm betraying myself there by saying my normal rhythm, because I think what I'm recognizing is that I have a seasonal rhythm of greeting the day very early from before dawn and being there to see the sunrise and set intention with the day. And that had been very grounding for me through last fall and winter. And then last spring, something shifted and perhaps some of it was related to the shifting in the world and how much change we all absorbed very quickly between February, March and April. But I was exhausted. I could not pull myself out of bed. And I felt this really lingering um, grief that I could not identify. And right around May 1st, we got significant rainstorms, maybe two days of just solid rain. And I went out on May 1st into the pouring rain with all of my rain gear on to a creek that runs uh, through our field and into the forest. And I just sat on a rock in the creek and I looked upstream because I wanted to see like what this water was bringing to me. What was, what was the teaching in this release? And I was able just to sort of cry with the sky, let my tears all come out. And um, then I washed my hands and my face in the creek. And it was such a gift and a blessing. And I was just reminded of how um, the earth purges itself, cleans itself, how it helps us clean and cleanse ourselves, and how um, I would I hadn't really noticed how stuck I had gotten and I had allowed myself to get until I sat in that creek and I watched the moving water and I watched the rain merging with it and just reconnected to the importance of flow. And in that moment, the flow of the creek helping the flow of my own emotions <laughs> move um, was so powerful. and. It just unlocked me 
And so I, I felt like I then stepped into the summer season, the end of the spring and the summer season with um, new eyes to re-engage a new season. And I recognized myself stepping into this transition from summer to fall with ever greater awareness of, okay, what does my body require me to do differently in this season? And I'm paying attention to the way the vegetable plants in the garden are behaving. You know, the tomato plants still have lots of green, unripened tomatoes on them, but the stalk is dying, clearly. So just observing all of the ways that the world around us holds both the decay and the new life and the decomposition and the creation. And that to me is a teaching that I can step into regularly to learn balance in my life. And I need to do it regularly to be reminded and to remind myself. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lisa. Tell me about your latest book, Arriving Here. Yes, Arriving Here, Reflections from the Hearth and Trail. It is a series of essays, really. A portion of the book is a spiritual autobiography. It's really a reflective look at how I have found grounding in a universal spirit throughout my life, which I could not name or identify or recognize for probably the first 30 years, 30 plus years of my life, and have only much more recently, like in the last three or four years, been able to really articulate and name, which means I can also look for it and um, seek its signs uh, in my daily life. And so the second two parts of the book are essays and reflections from the last few years uh, that are really grounded in the natural world, grounded in my observations of the natural world and seasonal um, rhythms of the world around me and how I respond to them and how I engage all of those rhythms as being universal and eternal, including my own rhythms, recognizing that we are really not as separate as we may appear and as we may like to think ourselves, um, and not just meaning human to human relationship, but all of the plants and animals around us and really recognizing kinship with one another. And the book is my sharing of my stories of being in relationship and also an invitation to readers to recognize themselves in relationship with, with the wider world, with, um, with all that is and all that can be. The written word is is, uh, is 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 a power. Poetry, nature poetry. There is something so wonderful. I find to have that time for yourself to just read. And we're talking about the the outdoors and the wildness of of of, of nature. But actually, just being able to make that 
connection or impression through the written word is, is an amazing thing to do. And I've, I've been reading a lot of Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry. And I, I really invite people to explore that um, if, you, if you're not already to really, you know, pick up a book or look at Lisa's blog or, you know, just explore and just check in and see how it makes you feel when you start to read some of these writings uh, that are connected to nature. Is there a writer or anyone that particularly inspires you, Lisa? I think you've already named her. I would point to uh, Mary Oliver uh, for all the reasons you just said. Um, Her writing seems to encourage me to look more closely, um, that her observations are so rich and such an invitation that they are Um, in and of themselves they are gifts as you're saying but I think they also um, give me new eyes to see with when I step outside with them and with her words resonating in the back of my mind so she would be the first one John Muir would be the other author that I would and Wendell Berry Um, but John Muir is a um, American writer who was very grounded in the American West in the high mountains of California and Alaska, particularly. Um, but his his explorations are um, very adventurous and very deeply spiritual, um, just rambunctious and full of joy, uh, too. So I, I think that there's some levity and fun and awe-inspiring there as opposed to I think of Mary Oliver as being very grounded and thoughtful and reflective. I think John Muir is very um, external and I picture like his words just being oh wow but really (laughs) he's uh, um, a science you know he's a certainly a a poet's heart and a a scientist's um, eye for detail. You've shared so much with us already today, Lisa, but I wonder if there's anything else you'd like to impart, whether, well, I call it a gift, you know, maybe you have something you'd like to leave behind for us that has meaning for you. I, if we have time, I would love to read a poem. I'm so pleased that you said that. That would be so lovely. Thank you. Consider the raindrop. Consider the raindrop falling to earth, singular and newly formed, carrying millennia of history, information, and form in its molecules. Consider the raindrop nourishing soil, growing plants and animals, creating, feeding, and cleansing all life. Consider the raindrop tumbling into cracks and crevices, following millions of raindrops through unmarked paths carved into the landscape over centuries. Consider the raindrop giving itself in communion with a trickle before tumbling into a river that rolls into an estuary and commingles with the ocean. Consider the raindrop entering your body as water, food, creation, or inspiration filling you with life and possibility. Consider the thousands of raindrops that are in you. Beautiful, Lisa. I'm just really 
absorbing the words. I just came from the waterfall yesterday near my house. So uh, beautiful poem, beautiful gift. Thank you so much. So Lisa, before we go, is there one word to sum up nature for you? And if there is, what would it be? I'm having a hard time picking one, but I'll stick with connection. And attention is a very close second. Uh, The connection to nature, to the wider world, and the connection that that invites to myself, to allowing myself to be really rooted here and to um, claim participation with this wide web of creation uh, that surrounds us and that is not separate from us, but really is a part of us. And paying attention to that participation and to that belonging um, really helps nourish my sense of who I am and what I'm doing here. Lisa Steele-Mailey, thank you so much for your time today. Speaking to you there at your home in Maine in the United States, it's been a real pleasure sharing time with you. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. You can read more about Lisa's work and observations via her blog, Lisa Steele-Mailey, Fostering Connections. You've been listening to The Nature Pod with Suzanne Radford. For more on my forest bathing walks and online programmes for nature connection and stress management, check out thenaturepod.com and you can sign up to the newsletter or connect via social media at Forest Bathing Algarve. And if you'd like to share your stories of nature connection and join me on The Nature Pod, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I leave you now with an invitation to sit in a place of natural beauty and to feel the environment around you, the trees, plants, the colour and texture. Clear the mind and breathe and notice how it feels.